Travels by Broomstick comes to you from South Wales, the land of the dragon. Oh, and sheep. We got lots of sheep. Welcome to all you good people out there in podcast land. So let's get the broomstick out the garage and off we go. Today's journey takes us to Mother Shipton's Cave, which is situated in Ellsborough in North Yorkshire in England. It was a stormy summer's night in 1488 when a young woman gave birth to an illegitimate child in a cave beside the river Nid, a cave that was just across from the ancient castle of Knaresborough. This baby was the legendary prophetess and soothsayer Ursula Southill, now known as Old Mother Shipton. Accounts of Mother Shipton's birth refers to her mother as Agatha, who, at only 15 years old, was seduced by a handsome man who found her dreaming one day on a shady riverbank. The handsome man was quite the charmer, and Agatha fell deeply in love with him. He continued to visit her and kept her in comfort, but Agatha said that the handsome man's touch was as cold as ice. When Agatha became pregnant by the handsome man, her neighbours were completely outraged. They demanded that she should be prosecuted for incontinency, which means lacking in self-control, especially of sexual desire. Agatha was taken before the local justice, where she faced her accusers. And with great courage, she clearly reminded the judge that he was in no position to complain about her condition, as she happened to know that two of his own servant girls were with child by him at that very moment. There was total uproar in the court and the case was quickly dismissed. Agatha went into labour in July of 1488 in what is now known as Mother Shipton's Cave, a magical place that is situated by an ancient well with waters that are known to have magical powers. It was a dark and stormy night as baby Ursula was born. She entered the world with a great crack of thunder. She jeered and laughed at the storm and the storm was silenced. The scandalous nature of Agatha's life and Ursula's birth meant that they were ostracized from society. They were forced to live alone in the cave for the first two years of Ursula's life, until the Abbot of Beverly intervened. He removed them from the cave in the forest of Knaresborough and secured Agatha a place in the convent of the Order of St. Bridget in Nottinghamshire. Agatha gave Ursula into the care of her foster mother and Agatha is said to have spent the rest of her life in a convent. She would never see her daughter again. Very little is known about Ursula's childhood, but she was said to have been a very bright, very mischievous little girl. But she was often bullied due to her appearance. She had a large crooked nose and a hunchback along with a crooked leg. However, she was loved and accepted by her foster family and her few friends. However, she found peace in the woods where she spent her childhood, near the cave, learning about plants and herbs and their magical medical properties. As Ursula grew up, she became an invaluable resource for the townspeople as a herbalist. In 1512, when Ursula was 24 years old, she married Toby Shipton, a local carpenter. They were both very happy together, but the townspeople were incredibly shocked at their union and whispered of how he must have been bewitched by her. One day, a neighbour came to Ursula's door and asked her for help. The neighbour told Ursula that someone had stolen her new smock and petticoat. Clothes were very expensive items in those days, and a good linen smock 
would be worth a lot of money. Ursula smiled at her neighbor and told her that she knew exactly who stole the clothing and that she would retrieve it the very next day. The next morning, Ursula and her neighbor went to the market cross in Knaresborough. The woman who had stolen the clothing couldn't stop herself from wearing the smock over her clothes and with the petticoat in hand, she danced over to them singing, I stole my neighbor's smock and petticoat. I am a thief and here I show it. When she reached Ursula and her neighbor, she took the smock off and handed them over. She did a little curtsy and then she left. Two years later, in 1514, Toby Shipton sadly died and the townspeople believed that Ursula was responsible for his death. The combined grief of losing her husband and the nasty words of the townspeople prompted Ursula to move into the woods, back into the same cave that she had been born in. It was here that she continued to create her magical potions and herbal remedies for all of the different people who visited her. More and more people started to seek her out for her healing potions and spells. Soon she revealed that she could see into the future and she began to tell her prophecies. Mother Shipton started prophesizing things in her local area of Knowsborough, saying that water shall come over the Ouse Bridge and the windmill shall be set upon a tower and an elm tree shall lie at every man's door. And soon, York acquired a piped water system, where the water from the river Ouse was conducted through pipes that were laid across the bridge over the river, and the windmill drew up the water. The pipes were made out of small tree trunks. Elm, unlike other wood, does not rot when immersed in water. There were many other prophecies that came true, and soon her fortune-telling was much more far-reaching and she began to tell the fate of royalty. She prophesied that when the English lion shall set his paw on the Gaelic shore, then shall the lilies begin to droop for fear. There shall be much weeping and wailing amongst the ladies of the country, because the princely eagle shall join with the lion to tread down all that oppose them. And though many Sagittaries shall appear in defense of the lilies, yet shall they not prevail, because the dull animal of the north shall put them to confusion. Henry VIII was the English lion, and the lilies were the emblem of France. The princely eagle was Maximilian of Austria, and in 1513 Henry VIII won his Battle of the Spurs, and England celebrated his victory. The Sagittaries refers to the French cavalry, and the dull animal of the north represents the English soldiers. Thomas Wolsey, who had encouraged Henry VIII in his quest for glory, shared in the triumph over France. He became Lord Chancellor of England and the Cardinal of Rome. But Mother Shipton called Thomas Wolsey the mitred peacock. She said that when the cow doth ride the bull, the priest beware the skull. And when the lower shrubs do fall, the great trees quickly follow. The mitred peacock's lofty pride shall to his master be a guide. And one great court to pass shall bring what was never done by any king. So Mother Shipton not only prophesied the dissolution of the monasteries, which was started by Thomas Wolsey, but she also prophesied Henry VIII marrying Anne Boleyn, Anne Boleyn being the bull, as the blank bull's head was her family crest, the cow being Henry VIII. The lower shrubs were the monasteries, and the great trees are those who were much larger and more prosperous. 
Cardinal Thomas Wolsey had heard about Mother Shipton and her prophecies of his downfall, calling her the Witch of York. He sent a man called Mr. Beasley, along with the Duke of Suffolk, Lord Darcy from Yorkshire, and Lord Percy, the Earl of Northumberland, to pay her a visit. She said that Thomas Wolsey would never see the city of York, despite being its Archbishop. Charles Brandon, the Duke of Suffolk, told Mother Shipton that Cardinal Thomas Wolsey did not like her prophecies about him, and warned that when he does come to York, he will burn her at the stake. But Ursula was not afraid. She took off her married woman's kerchief and threw it into the fire, but it did not burn. So she took her walking stick and she threw that in the fire. The flames licked around it, but it did not burn. Ursula took her walking stick back out of the fire, knowing that if it had burned, she would have burned too. She looked at the Duke of Suffolk to see fear in his eyes, the fear of witchcraft. She told the men once more that the Cardinal Thomas Wolsey might see York, but he would never reach it. She then spoke of the fate of her visitors, telling them that they would die on the pavements of York. Cardinal Thomas Wolsey left London for York, but he was very ill. He climbed to the top of the tower at Caywood Castle. There he saw York in the distance and smiled smugly to himself. Someone said that I would never see York, he said triumphantly. No, said Lord Percy, the Earl of Northumberland. She said that you might see York, but you would never reach it. The Earl had come to take the Cardinal back to London to face the charge of high treason. He died in Leicester on the 29th of November, 1530. Lord Darcy and Lord Percy died on the pavements of York, exactly as Mother Shipton had predicted. Mother Shipton told many prophecies over time, including the Black Death Plague of 1665 and the Great Fire of London in 1666. But my personal favourite is, the world shall end when the high bridge is thrice fallen. And the high bridge at Knaresborough has fallen twice already. So what is your favourite prophecy by Mother Shipton? Around the world thoughts will fly, in the twinkling of an eye. And I think that refers to the internet. Yes, I think you're right. Mother Shipton has also been associated with the origin of the Rollwright Stones in Oxfordshire. A rhyming version of the folk tale by William Camden in 1610 says that a king that was riding across the country with his army was accosted by a witch called Mother Shipton. She set him a task and he failed, so he was turned into stone along with his knights but we will tell this story in more depth in a future episode on the Rollwright Stones. Mother Shipton died in 1561, aged 73, and it is said that she predicted her own death. She was buried in unconsecrated ground on the outskirts of York. Her gravestone had the inscription, Here lies she who never lied, whose skill so often has been tried, her prophecies shall still survive, and ever keep her name alive. The earliest account of Mother Shipton's prophecies were published in 1641, eight years after her death. The cave where she lived is now known as England's oldest tourist attraction, and for hundreds of years people have come to see the magical cave where she was born. It is a really beautiful place, truly breathtaking and unique, with a really peculiar otherworldly feel to it. The main attraction is the petrifying well, it first went on public display in 1630 and has been shrouded in mystery and superstition. 
people flock to witness the waters of this petrifying well turn objects into stone before their very eyes. In the early 1600s, the well was known for its health-giving properties and was deemed a miracle cure for any flux of the body. But it is only in the last 150 years that scientific analysis revealed what really lies behind the magical petrification process. So, here's the science bit. The water springs from an underground lake through the Earth's crust via a layer of rock called an aquifer. An estimated 700 gallons of water flow through the well every hour and its high mineral content means that everything porous in its path is slowly turned to stone. Over a period of months and years the water leaves behind mineral deposits which build up over the time to form a crust of new rock. These mineral deposits are mainly calcium, sodium, magnesium with traces of lead, zinc and iron. There is also manganese and aluminium these exist mainly in the form of sulfates and carbonates, with some chlorides and silica. When you visit the petrifying well, you will see many different items suspended in the cascading waters. These are everyday objects, but mostly strings of teddy bears that you can buy in the gift shop. These teddy bears take around six months to go from being plush soft toys to petrified stone bears. Other items that I could see on my visit was a hat, a basket, a rabbit toy, a lobster, a duck toy, a shoe, a scary looking mask that looked like a severed head, and of course the adorable teddy bears. Many celebrities and members of the royal family have donated items to be petrified, and these can be seen in the museum section. Some of my favourite items were a petrified handbag belonging to the English writer Agatha Christie, a petrified cowboy hat belonging to the American actor John Wayne, and a petrified Ewok that belonged to the English actor Warwick Davis, who portrayed Wicket the Ewok in the Star Wars film Return of the Jedi. It is a true treasure trove of enchanting curiosities. I made a wish at the Wishing Well, which is fed by the same magical waters as the Petrifying Well. The Wishing Well has been granting wishes for over 300 years. I bought a little bottle of the Wishing Well water from the gift shop as a keepsake to remember my visit, along with Petrified Bear. Mother Shipton's Cave offers a captivating experience for visitors of all ages at any time of the year. I absolutely loved it there. It was really magical in every sense of the word. The Mother Shipton's attraction certainly sparked my imagination and I found myself engulfed in my own little magical fairy tale. I made friends with the dragon. I got locked in the stocks and enjoyed a delicious ice cream. We found a carved wizard's face in a tree trunk and we also found wish trees. With all the wonderful things in Mother Shipton's cave, how many brooms do you rate it? Well, this is an absolute 5.5. Oh, wow, you've gone over our rating system. Yep. It's, in fact, it's nearly a six. That's amazing. So what was your favourite part of Mother Shipton's cave? Well, I like the petrifying waterfall and the pool underneath it. And the teddy bears? Yep, they were cute. So do you believe that Mother Shipton could truly see into the future? Well, apparently so. She was quite good, wasn't she? Are you scared of the end of the world when the high bridge collapses for the third time? I think as long as I'm not under it when it goes, I'm not going to be too worried. So you thoroughly enjoyed your visit to Mother Shipton's cave then? I did. It was very nice. It was very tranquil. 
lovely views down by the river. And my favourite bit was locking you in the stocks. Yes, can you let me out now, please? No, because if I do, you'll be off to the gift shop again. Yes, that's very true. I do love a gift shop. Well, that concludes our visit to Mother Shipton's cave, and we hope you've had a magical time. We hope you enjoyed our adventures, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Please like and subscribe, and turn on episode notifications.